A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Down the block, Inside for Elba. I just, I can't contain it anymore, Guru. I need to get this out of my heart and my mind. <laughs> Malo, my usos. Malo, my usos. Sending love from Dali and Palangi of the Year, a.k.a. Kefe Kemps. What an incredible weekend of footy. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Samoa, a small island of 200,000 people against a huge nation of England. Let's talk about, let's talk about, the, the whole admin and the structure and the coaches, it was, I mean, everyone had questions about whether they were the right people, including myself. And I'll tell you what, Guru, this humble pie never tasted so good, baby. It never tasted so good. I was wrong about the admin. I was wrong about all that. It was only a couple of years ago that were letters were being signed by players saying they needed to move certain people on. So whatever they did, however they broke bread and came together, However, they did that, whether it was, you know, senior playing group saying we need this, this and this, Matt Parrish going, I'm going to do this, this and this, whatever it was, it has worked. I was wrong about that. Absolutely. In regards to the playing group, I was right about the playing group. They are a world class side now. And what is so incredible is if you said a few years ago, it'll be Samoa and not Tonga that make a grand final in the World Cup, you would have said, come on, bro. And I know, and this is not to take any shine away from Tonga, not at all. I know that a lot of Samoans would have been sitting there watching Tonga do what they did, going, hang on a sec, we can do that too. We're just as good as, as Tonga. And it is Samoa with one of the great of, greatest international games I've personally ever watched in regards to the hype of it all, how it all ended. Let's talk about Suwali'i, the game's biggest next superstar, not waiting till mid-career, not waiting till he had gotten the Australian jersey, saying, no, I'm playing for Samoa. Well, let's talk about Brian To'o. Let's talk about uh, Tim Lafayette. Let's talk about Chanel Tavita-Harris. Harris Tavita, basically saying, I need a year off rugby league. I'm going to go explore the world. Then puts in one of the most gutsy performances you'll ever see in the nine when the Samoa lost players. Let's talk about Crichton. Big game player, big moment, multiple big moments. Incredible scenes, incredible scenes. Let's talk about Jerome Luai. Everyone again, you know, I mean, not everyone, a large portion of people 
confusing his on-field attitude with his ability to play rugby league. He was incredible. Three try assists, a couple, uh, six tackle breaks, I think, 17 tackles, only two misses. His defense was actually as good as his attack. Some of his reads, some of his bluffs, where he would rush up out of the line and then take a step back. The Haas for England didn't know what to do. Junior Paolo, heartbreak in the grand final, comes to Samoa. Look, Guru, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This Palangi is getting carried away. I can't contain myself. What an incredible moment in rugby league. I thought you forgot I was here for a second there, mate. <laughs> One hell of a role there. I back it, though. Uh, mate, I, I'm the same as you. I, I, you know, sitting here five weeks ago when they'd been dusted by 60 points, just going, how can they possibly turn this around? There, there is no way it can be done. And, you know, I said the other day on my podcast that I think it's one of the greatest turn, turnarounds of all time. And then I sat back there and went, oh, is that over the top? And then I thought about it more and I don't think it is. I genuinely don't think it is. Where they've come from and, you know, you have a look at that first game, England. John Bateman didn't play in that. England arguably got better. Look at all the players that Samoa lost. Their entire back line changed. It, it, it is, they're on their third choice hooker with Chanel Harris-Tavita. In the first half, they had a player simbind. They had two HIAs. The penalty count was 6-2. And they were in front against England in England. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. It's incredible. And I think random stats guy, apologies if I've got the wrong thing, um, source. I think he actually has a stat saying it is one of the greatest deficit turnarounds in international rugby league wow. to go from 60 to down <clears throat> to 27 to 26. Timmy, I know you are absolutely buzzing about this. Speak to me, my also. Kempi, I don't know why we were going to stop at Jerome Luai or Stephen Crichton. I want to talk about George Carmon. I want to talk about Monty Beetham, Henry Farfeli, Junior Vive. Like yes. Anyone who's ever donned a Samoan rugby league jumper because, mate, what a week of excitement. And uh, as diehard Australian as I am and how much I want to see Australia win another World Cup, I think every Aussie fan out there's just got this little bit of them just going, if they were to upset us on the big day, there'd be a little bit of going, you know what? I don't hate it. But that being said, Aussies all the way, uh, it's going to be an absolute corker. Oh, I'm with you, Timmy. Um, Aussie to the death and the Aussie boys, they're coming. They're ready to go. Don't underestimate the Aussie boys. This is my perfect scenario. Close game, Aussie wins by like two or one points because then Samoa can get the respect they deserve in, in, in the fact that I mean, I don't think anything can take away from this, but I would hate for them to come out and, and Australia, you know, score all these points and then everyone's like, oh, see, it was just a blah, blah, blah. Because people are, there's going to be so many people waiting to be haters on some. Oh, they're just waiting. It's stung them so bad to see them go through. They're just like, please, please get tailed up so that I can say, see, I told you so. And it's like, no, no, no. It's been done. History has been made. You can chitty chat, chit chat, chit all the day, all day long. You can sit there all day long talking. The record books show Samoa in a World Cup final, and you can never take that away from them. Kempi, I cannot believe the amount of fucking pelicans that are in my DMs and in the comments saying, oh, yeah, well, let's see if they win on Saturday. It's like, oh mate, I, I don't I, – I, this will sound crazy, but the kangaroo, if the Kangaroos win the World Cup next weekend, that's still not as impressive to me as Samoa being in the World Cup grand final. I don't think people – understand how far they've come and what they've achieved like as can be said at the start this was a nation in complete and utter disarray for the last five years every pacific nation side has been improving year on year on year seemingly samoa has been going backwards until a month ago when all of a sudden they have just exploded 
out of oh well I, to, to me it feels like out of nowhere. I'm sure the boys in the squad can talk more about how they've been building to this for years. But man, I just think it is incredible. You know, you mentioned a guy like Tim Laffey before Kempi. He wasn't in the squad. They did not pick him at the start of the tournament. They lose Isaac Tungo. They lose a couple of other guys. They bring in Tim, Tim Laffey, who respectfully once again egg all over my face. I'm not sure if I would have picked him left in my Oztag team before this tournament. I thought he was well and truly over the hill, respectfully to him. He's come out and he's been one of the best at the competition. He has been sensational. And there are so many storylines like that throughout this Samoan team. I, I, I am blown away with what they've achieved, mate. It has been sensational to watch. Speaking of Tim Lafayette, everyone's going to remember the tries and the good tournament. But I tell you what, the real, like, people that really watch that game, it is the try-saving tackle early on in the game where he knocked the ball out of his opposing center's hands. That changes the game. It changes the momentum. Like, the the amount of impact Lafay had on that game was absolutely incredible. And and I agree with you, mate, in, in the sense that, like, I knew he was still playing decent footy. I definitely knew how good he was because I was shocked when he got, like, the Dragons and he let – I couldn't believe it. I actually tried to get him on the podcast, like, when he was playing really well. I thought he was a really – he is. I thought he was a player with so much potential. You take him down to the Storm, the Roosters, he would have killed it. Goes away, out of sight, out of mind. And, and no disrespect to his opposing centre, I think it might have been Callum Watkins. He gave him an absolute bath. Like, it was not even <laughs> close. It was 10-8. Um, and I think they're actually teammates. If I re- Are they teammates? Or no, they have been teammates, maybe. Anyway, um, Tim Laffey was outstanding. Uh, just another guy I want to give a quick shout-out to, and I apologize if I'm saying it wrong, Liggy Sayo. Yeah. Is it Liggy Sayo, the number 11? Liggy Sayo, I think it uh, is, yeah. Sayo, so apologies. Um Mate, he's been incredible. Like, I, I, when when I think was a, I think it was last week there was an NRL player that didn't start over him, and I'm sitting there going, oh, like, I don't know about that. And then he had that big running with Keon, and Keon got bounced off, and you're going, holy shit, this guy can play. And I thought he was really good. That short side raiding gets the try. Like, it is just, it is one of the best moments. Me personally, it's it's probably one of the best moments I've watched in this National Rugby League. And do not. Distract, do not take away. They dethroned Tonga. They dethroned England. They didn't get some, you know, two easy games where, you know, England somehow fell out of the group stages or whatever. If anything, they've had, you could argue, and no, I do believe Australia and New Zealand are at a, a, a tier a little bit above, but you could argue they've had more tougher games to get to where they were. That could be an argument that you could, not, not the tougher game, more tough games. They had to beat Tonga in a really close match, and then they had to beat England in a close match. Uh, who else stood out for you guys? Mate, oh, I thought the halfback. Uh, oh, sorry. I went to say George Williams. I almost had the wrong game then. Uh, mate, oh, I just, I, you know, I know we already spoke about him, but I just thought Stephen Crichton, uh, for the age he is at and what he has achieved, he's played like 85 first grade games. He's 22 years old. I would argue he has one of the biggest moments in international rugby league history now and one of the biggest moments in grand final history. I don't even know if he's playing yeah. his best position yet, Kempi. It's unbelievable oh. what he's doing. Oh, critter the clutch, baby. Critter the clutch. Ice cold. Check Asada, check his veins for ice because he's got some kind of ice in his blood. To, to make that call, to make that play, to say, oh, no, no, Milf, step aside. Oh, no, Luai, step aside. Set. It wasn't just like the ball accidentally came to him. It was pre-planned. Luai and him would have sat, would have been like, Bro, we're gonna. I think it was a scrum play or whatever it was. They got a penalty or whatever it was. Um, 
they would have planned that from the initial and ball turnover. And so that's not just like, oh, I'm here if you need me. That is literally oh, Milf, step, Anthony Milford. We're talking about Anthony Milford, like the most experienced half there is. Step aside, bruh. I've got this. And not just like, oh, I'm going to stand ten, like five meters back. I'm going to stand super deep so there's no chance. I mean, incredible from Critter. And we've been singing his praises for so long. But it just shows you that, you know, we, we spoke about, I think, last year where he's similarish to a Israel Folau in, in his potential. Like, I understand Israel Folau had, has got a better career, you know, had a better career, whatever. But this guy is just playing his part in Penrith. He is a superstar of a team, in my opinion. And I think fullback might be his best position. I don't want him to leave Penrith because after watching Jerome Law and these Penrith boys do this, I never want to see him break up. It'll be like Romeo and Juliet for me. I will never recover. <laughs> never recover, baby. Um, what's another good movie? Tristan and old was a great movie. What's another one that... Um, marriage Life, all those kind of movies, romantic ones, Shakespearean heartbreak. That's what it will be like if any of these Penrith boys leave, honestly. I think the other thing with Critter is, you know, he's come up with his intercept in the grand final. He's come up with the intercept in this World Cup semifinal. That's both when he's playing on the right side of the field. He was the Dallium left centre two years ago. Like, he's moved from a position that he was the best in rugby league to the other side of the field, and he's come up with some of the biggest plays in rugby league history. And, like, it took Dylan Edwards to have the year of his career to relieve pressure from some people saying Crichton should be the fullback. Like, it took Dylan Edwards to go to some crazy level, win a Clive Churchill for Critter, to, to, to be like, oh, well, okay, Dylan Edwards is a guy. Timmy, speak to me. Speak to me, Timmy. Who, who, who impressed for you? Well, first of all, before we get to that, mate, I'd love to meet the bloke who does the salary cap at Guru's Oz tag team because, geez, some, some good players in this on that side. I'm the taking some Bicky, don't worry. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll preface this uh, by saying the first few that I was going to speak about, you boys have already covered in this Samoan side, uh, but it is a Raider and it's Josh Papali'i who... He, I mean, like, there's been a few critics over the last 12 months with Big Papa saying, you know, he's getting on a bit in age, a little bit slower, a little bit less dynamic with ball in hand, but not just on the weekend, but the entire World Cup, he's been so explosive for Samoa, and he's such a key piece to that side, and I suppose a credit as well to Matty Parrish for playing him off the bench. When I first saw that, I thought... Jeez, mate, like he's, he's one of the best players in your side, certainly in your forward pack. Get him, get him on there from the word go. Set the platform for them. But the way he's been utilised off the bench as you know, a bit of an X factor against a tiring pack has been so, so effective. And something we'll touch on a little bit more in the episode, but when we get to the preview and talking about the final, but so much of the good that Samoa are doing is off the back of their second phase play and their offloading uh, and how much quality they've been able to succeed and how much they've achieved off that. And a lot of it's been off Big Papa. So um, talk about a bloke with just a ton of experience, big game player. I can't wait to see what he's got in the grand final against the Aussies. Can I just throw one more little shout out in there and no one's spoken about it because he set such a high standard for himself. Brian Toto, he ran for 230 yeah. metres. I'm almost disappointed in him that he only ran yeah. for 230 because he sets the highest standard imaginable. Can you remember a couple of years ago when Blake Ferguson had that unbelievable year, we all lost our minds? Mm. He averaged 200 metres. Brian Toto just beat that by 30, and it's his quietest game in three months. And no one's yeah. even mentioned the 230 oh. metres he ran for. Oh, you're absolutely right. Like, if Toto doesn't play, they don't win. Because the amount of pressure he relieves out of his own end is crazy. It is, it is honestly, 
invaluable. If he continues this kind of trajectory, he's still got quite a lot of years to go, but he will have molded his own type of winger. Like if he continues this for the rest of his season, for the rest of his career. Now we've had similar kind of wingers, but they haven't had long careers like Toto has. If he does it for ten years, he will be in his own lane when it comes to style of winging play, winger play. In my opinion, he is just. It's just incredible. Like seeing that that lovely mane just flying <laughs> into the line and they can never get him on his back. He's so strong. Um, but let's talk about Jerome Loy. Let's talk about him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, did I get a lot of pushback because I said that, you know, people need to give put a bit of respect on the great uh, the great Jerome Loy's uh, name? Oh, sorry, boys. Just getting a call. How do you turn this on? <laughs> are you my dad what's going on over there all right <laughs> so i don't know how to turn that off i don't know how to turn that off uh now speaking of uh jerome uh honestly think about the pressure this guy had going into um you know think about the pressure this guy had going into the world cup think about the amount of people that just you know again and to be really clear if you were saying to me yeah, he's a good player, but I don't think he's on that kind of really good level. That's a fair assessment to have, and that's totally reasonable. But the amount of people that were like, he's a complete passenger, put him in any other team, he's not doing nothing. It's like, just because you're not the main guy doesn't mean you don't make the main guy better. You know, And Luai plays his role perfectly at the Panthers. That is, he has a role to play. He is a team player. There's a reason, and and Matty Burton, you would you could argue individually may be better than Luai, but there is a reason why the Penrith Panthers felt that Jerome Luai was the guy to partner uh, Nathan Cleary. There is an, even an argument to say, and I, and I I don't know how I feel about this argument because I don't feel like Cleary has really had a lot enough games to just kind of pull it all together. But you could make the argument that right now Luai has had a better tournament than Cleary. Now I'm not saying he's a better player than Cleary. I'm saying uh, Cleary is on track to be a GOAT, in my opinion. But I am saying that the the narrative, this guy is just a passenger of Nathan Cleary. It is dead. Done. This is a highly skilled ball-running 5'8 that just had three try assists, and one of the assists was one of the best tries of the tournament. Bus off the left foot. Bus again off the left foot. Off to Paulo. Paulo over the top of the head. Oh, you want a bit of delicacy? I'll give you a bit of champagne footy. A little tap on. Stephen Crichton goes over to score. He was involved in essentially every single trial they had. It was the biggest game outside of club that he's ever had, and he delivered tenfold. And also, people like to refer to Last Origin. Are we forgetting his debut where they scored a record amount against Queensland? Now you're gonna now the, the usual narrative is this. Oh, that was Tom Travojevic. That was Latrell Mitchell. Who was the guy that hit the mad out ball to Latrell Mitchell to break open Queensland off the bat? Luai also had a try assist to Brian Toto, if I recall correctly, or at least he was the one that gave it to maybe Sims to Toto. Um, this guy, is, he's had big moments in big games. There is there is absolutely no denying that, and I'm so happy for him that he's a, he's a, you know, he plays the villain. You don't have to like him. This is not me saying you have to like Luai. I like him. I think he's a fantastic, and I think if you're on the fence about Luai, go to our YouTube. I've got an interview with him. Sit down for ages, and, and then you can make your own opinion of what he is really like as a human being. I think he's a really decent, good man that showed me a lot of respect and, and vice versa. I'm a big fan of Luai. 
We're not saying you have to like him as a player on the field. Not at all. You can dislike him, but you must respect Jerome Luai. It is out of the question. He is a talented footy player. Once you're done watching that interview with Kempi, go and watch his interview after the 2020 Grand Final after they lost. They stick a microphone in his mouth straight away, seeing what he'll say, and he just says, this sucks, it hurts, but I'm going to bottle it up and we're going to come back bigger and better. Haven't lost a premiership since. I mean, as Kempi said, you don't have to like him, but you've got to respect the guy. You've got to respect what he's done. And if you can't respect him after this, I can't help you. What, what, what more do you want? Like, I just, I don't know what more this guy could do. He plays the perfect role in that football team for Penrith. I mean, do, do you not think that Ivan Cleary was aware that Matt Burton was a good footballer? He made his decision. Tell me his decision was wrong. He's holding two premierships in a row. He could be on his way to a third with Jerome Luart 5'8". I... I can't believe, Kempi, we're, we're having to tell people that the back-to-back premiership winning 5-8 is a good fucking player. <laughs> I feel like an idiot saying reckon, it. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, the thing that's always surprised me with Luai is just like the amount... Like Every dribbler has an opinion about footy and says this and says that, and you can sort of brush past you, but the amount of like really educated football minds that have you know said, oh, you know, he's nothing without Cleary, getting by himself, he'll, and taking control of a team, he won't be able to do it. Um, and you sort of just shake your head at it. And I, I know everyone on this panel sort of we've preached about Drome Lyon. We've said the same thing for a while, even almost before the grand final. Like, what more has the bloke got to do? He's been unreal. So just see him step out of Nathan Cleary's shadow and just prove all these doubters wrong. It's been so, so special. Um, and I'll tell you what, if, if I was coaching against Drome Luai and you just you talk about inside defensive pressure and when the ball goes past you, I'll work your ass off, work your ass off. How many times did he have to step off his left and just carve you to pieces before you stop leaving that little bit of an inch because he takes it every time and makes you look foolish? Um, that is something special. Here's a perfect example. For feeder and kicker, would we all agree that they are relatively the same talent-wise? <clears throat> yep. Yeah, fair yep. comment? Yep. Who's 5'8", gets them good ball and makes them incredible? Yep, uh, we Thanks. have a look at the 2020 left centre, Stephen Crichton, won the Dalian left centre, who was his 5'8", shock me, Jerome Luai. The year after that, Matt Burton, who was his 5'8", shock me. Viliami Kikau, he's just had the two years that have been unbelievable. What's the common, is there a common link, or are we just going to all ignore that and pretend like it's not happening? What I mean, hasn't changed yeah. in this left Yeah, edge? What, what, is, what has been the one consistent thing about the best left edge in rugby league the entire time? The wingers have changed, the centre has changed. The fullback doesn't even play down that edge, so you can't tell me it's the fullback. I mean, mm-hmm. please, can we open our eyes? The, be, the best thing about yeah. it, Guru, is that we're sitting there and on the other side of the field, the bloke who, you know, Luai is in his shadow is Nathan Cleary, who there's comparisons of people saying, oh, one day he could be the goat of rugby league and the best halfback of all time, et cetera, et cetera. He doesn't even have the most dominant edge in his team. <laughs> it's the left edge yeah, of Luai, yeah. like. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, um, look, Cleary obviously, uh, you know, we all agree Cleary is a better player, but this narrative of, like, you know, he is just clear his passenger. I think it's got to be over. I really think it's it's just done. It's just done. And when we get to, I don't know, April and we're going, could Luke Garner be an origin smoky? Let's just remember the guy that's playing inside him because Luke Garner will turn into an absolute weapon outside Jerome Lloyd or whoever. I'm pretty sure it'll be Garner, Hoskins, whoever Hosking. it might be. We've got to start well, – I know we do, us three, but we've got to start putting some respect on Jerome Luai's name. It's it's getting embarrassing the way that we talk about him or the way that people don't talk about him. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And to win the man of the match in the big game, like talk about 
it doesn't get more poetic than that. It really doesn't get more poetic than that. Like the big game. Now, I think I could be wrong. I think he's won three man of the matches yeah, in the tournament. Yeah, he has. He's won three of the last four. Insane. <laughs> Insane. Um, okay. Now, let's get into the X's and O's of the game. We spoke about last week how I, we loved the fact that England looked cohesive. They were – they of all the tournament, they looked the most cohesive. But we felt – we they said the only negative – well, I said – I won't speak for you boys. The only thing that I saw that could be a little bit of a negative is they were so safe that they, they relied heavily on playing the ball early to their edges – hitting and spinning, winning the contact, then second phase would come up. And I said, I wonder what that's going to be like. And now, <clears throat> obviously, the first time they played Samoa, it was they dominated, so it worked. But I, I just questioned whether when they get up against NRL players, that that first contact is so high level. Like, if you hit first with your shoulder and that player spins out, that is a terrible tackle if you're an NRL player. You should always hit and stick. And so I wondered, will the England, because they don't actually dig too deeply into the line, will that cause problems for them? Because once they do get their balls to the centre, um, they, 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 hit, they hit and stick and there's nothing they can do, no second phase. Now, in, in England's defence, where did they make their uh, best gains? It was basically individual brilliance by players missing tackles. Herbie Farnworth spinning out of three or four tackles. George Williams making multiple line breaks off one-on-one tackles. We didn't really see them strip them of numbers. And so I feel like not only did England um, struggle to adapt to the game plan of Samoa, which was like, we're going to hit your three in defenders and get to your edges and then and then just keep staying in those channels. Uh, because last last time they played, England just kept it all the ball in the middle, rolled all the way through, and the Samoan forward pack, being like a, a really big forward pack, was unable to keep up with that speed through the middle. So Samoa said, "Okay, let's try and spread it a little bit, get on your edges," and so that's where I feel like England just didn't. I don't think they expected such a different game plan and a specific game plan from Samoa. From Samoa's perspective, I think they. You know, we always talk about the power and the dominance of Samoa and they're big, they're strong, they're fast, they're almost made to play rugby league. But I think they deserve credit for the game plan they had. And and you, you can even see, like, in that last 20 minutes, they were slowly fatiguing because they're so big. And I thought, oh, England might get this over them because of how big they are as a pack. But they hung on, they hung on, and it took Crichton's incredible plays and a, a near-perfect game plan for Samoa to win. What do you reckon about the, the X's and O's, Guru? Yeah, I mean, you obviously said, you know, about Samoa, how they played. Like, I thought, mate, the organisation they had on the last play sort of summed it all up. To have multiple guys ready to take that shot at field goal. Like, this isn't a team that plays together for 25 weeks straight. Even just to have that sort of cohesiveness on that play, to have all the different options ready, Milford um, and, and, you know, obviously Stephen Crichton out the back ready to go. Uh, I, I just thought it was so impressive. And with England... I hate to say it, Kempi, but certain things that you see when English sides come out to play the Kangaroos and the Kiwis that you go, little mistakes they make that you go, you don't get away with that in the NRL. And there was a couple of moments like that throughout this game where it was mistakes that I expected to see from England that, to their credit, we didn't see throughout the rest of the World Cup. You mentioned Liggy Sow, his try. That marker play was a disaster. Like, you will never see that in the NRL. You will never see two markers go left five metres out. Like, there was no communication. There was nothing there. Even the, the play that, you know, um, Stephen Crichton ended up kicking the field goal off, 
it was a forward pass from dummy half going down a short side. Like just basic stuff that you just hate to say it. I know the English will get upset, but you just don't see it in the NRL. You don't. And this is the sort of things that happen when the English side does come over to play the Kiwis and the Kangaroos. They always tend to have these little errors in them. They didn't have it for the rest of the World Cup, which was great, but mate, it really brought them apart in this game, I thought. Yeah, um, you're right. And their kicking game early on was not the best. Um, it's just, and, and I also think that, like, when you looked at the game, and we spoke about this before the show, but when you looked at the game, who were all the players that really stood out, even for England? Herbie Farnworth, NRL player. Burgess, NRL player. George Williams, NRL player. Um, then you got on the, the other side, that NRL pedigree. And I know English fans hate to, hate to hear this. I, I understand it's, you know, you feel like the Super League is better than we give it credit for. I agree that the top tier sides in Super League are probably better than most people give, realize. But they're still a step below, in my opinion, week in, week out NRL players. And I thought we really, really saw the difference. Um, Elliot Whitehead, again, he was incredible. Again, an NRL player. Bateman had big moments, NRL player. And so it's that week in, week out playing at an extremely high level that we, we saw in Samoa where when the big game came, when the big game came they didn't miss their little the chances. Timmy, what did you think about the X's and O's of England versus Samoa? It's a good point you make uh, there, Kempi, with, with the NRL players. And I don't think anyone, even the, the Pommies themselves, can be too critical because, I mean, it's, you're just stating a fact, effectively. Like the best players on the Pommy side in this fixture um, were the NRL players or players that had been there in recent years. I'll give the Pommies a bit of credit. Like, it was such an even game. Like, even statistically speaking, we go through a possession... 53 to 47, completion rate 80% to 82, or uh, run metres, there was 40 metres between them, post-contact 10 metres between them, tackle breaks 42 to 41, so, so similar statistically. It came down to the big moments and who won these big moments, and that's what wins big games of football, and it was things like, it was a Stephen Crichton intercept, it was Liggy Sow going, a back row going short side, Guru summed it up well, I think it was Callum Watkins as one of the markers and, and shot off left and he went down the other side. It was just, again, unfortunately it wasn't NRL worthy, but it wasn't International Rugby League worthy. Like it was just not mm. up there. Um, there was a Callum Watkins agonisingly close dropping the ball over the line. He got one half gone over Tim Laffey on that one. The game could have been different so easily. So... I mean, at the end of the day, the Pommies uh, are out the back door and tomorrow going through to a final. But, you know, when you're summing it up, it was one point in, in Golden Point. That was the difference in it. And I think that was a true reflection of the game because while the Pommies would be devastated, they've gone out in a semi-final on home soil. Honestly, it, it was so, so close for so many reasons. It could have been a different story. Oh, I had a couple of notes that I wrote down, obviously, at 3am at halftime. And I actually went back and watched the first half to make sure I was correct. So at halftime, Samoa was up by four. The penalties were 6-2 in favour of England in the first half. Samoa had two HIAs. They lost their hooker, who they already lost their first choice hooker during the week. They had one Sinbin, arguably their best player, Junior Bolo. He went from the field. Samoa's two, their, their first two kicks went out on the full. They gave England every possible opportunity they could to be up in that game. They weren't in the contest. I mean, and I, you know, I do feel sorry for England because with ten minutes to go, it's like they were running downhill. They were flying, and then Stephen Crichton just does what Stephen Crichton does, and he turns the game on his head. It was like a four-on-two overlap. And the, is there any player in the history of rugby league you would rather have there in that moment than Stephen Crichton? Oh, seriously, with his record, like we have to remember with Critter, 
it's not just it's not just the big games in the grand final that he's made big plays. <clears throat> they don't win their first premiership or make the grand final if he doesn't do big plays against the Eels, big plays through all of that final series. You can go back and watch it. Try try saving cover tackles. You're absolutely right, Guru. Like this guy. Yes, he like a lot of people. I don't know what you're going to already say. What about Origin? What about Origin? Okay, he had a couple of errors in Origin. Some of our greatest ever players have had errors in Origin. That's one game. We've got multiple other games. Matter of fact, it's almost poetic. In his first, one of his first ever games uh, was his first game of the season, and I think it was his second or third game. He was coming off the bench. You can go look at the video. He literally runs off the bench. And scores a try on his first touch, and it, like you can see him make the beeline to do it. That's that's the kind of guy he is. He just has the bounce of the ball. It just <laughs> seems to be where he wants it to be. And when it happens once, it's luck. Twice, you go, mm, okay, maybe you got really lucky. When it happens three, four, five, and six, you, you start going, oh, this isn't luck. This is a guy that reads the game as good as anyone for a center as a as an outside back. Incredible stuff. I know, boys, there. Sorry, Guru. The, uh, the Penrith, legions of Penrith faithful would have been saying this for a couple of years now, but it only hit me when he took that another sort of match-winning intercept uh, on the weekend, and it's just the, the great Ryan Girdler comparison. The Penrith Panthers, <laughs> die-hard uh, local product who's come through, is an intercepting champion, premiership-winning, goal-kicking centre... The intercept king, like all my fondest memories of Gerds back in the day, I was pretty relatively young when he was at his peak, was just intercept after intercept. I, I remember one game, it was against the Doggies. Who I, was, I always loved the Doggies growing up, and he took a he took this mad intercept against. I think the Penrith won the game forty to twenty nine. Was a key moment of the game. Gerds runs about. 70 metres, he pulled up 15 <laughs> metres short and he'd done his hammy and he's just limping <laughs> to the trial. I don't think he had Luke Patton, the general or someone yeah, after him, leg. Yeah. I was just watching it going, how have I not made the Girdler comparison before? <laughs> yeah. Mate, absolutely. The great Girdler. Um, yeah, and, so and just on that, sorry, Kempi, like I remember after the grand final when he took the intercept, Nath Cleary is on my podcast and I said, oh, mate, it's amazing how he just comes up with these things. And Nath said, mate, he doesn't just come up with these, he practices for them. And I sort of said, yeah, well. what do you mean? And he's like, mate, he practices taking intercepts. He practices the way that he positions his body, the way that he, t- he tells a lie with his eyes to look elsewhere, and then he'll spring it up on you. And, mate, he's done it time and time again, and it's decided huge games. Yeah, and it, it's it's such a – I don't think he gets enough respect for it, but it's not like he's this uh, intercept king that has bad reads in defense and you're always like, mm. oh, far out. He went for that intercept again. So selfish. All he's caring about is a try. He's an incredibly good defender, like a really good defensive center. So to pick the moments like that, it's just – and what's crazy is we're not even talking about his match-winning play. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking about the one before his match-winning play. Like it is just like amazing stuff, amazing stuff. I just – I can't express enough how happy I – M for some, I, I like, I just, don't get me wrong, it's Australia to the death, baby, and I hope those boys come out and rip and tear, oh yeah, but I will say, this is so good for rugby league, I cannot, like, think about Suwali'i, the performance that he had, the tough carries, we're talking about a 19-year-old in the biggest game of his life, who decided not to play for Australia, 
had a rocky first game, and we all know the comments, he's not a fullback, he's not this, he's not that. And don't get me wrong, he's still got plenty to go in the ball-playing department. There's no denying that. But the amount of tough, strong carries as a 19-year-old, not as a not as a veteran big ball runner that's been there and done that. We're talking about a kid in his first international big stage taking some of the toughest carries front rowers take and skittling defenders. On top of all of that, think of the young kids that see Suwali'i play for Samoa that are going to grow up. And it's for, for all, for Suwali'i growing up, for the guys that went before him, there was a question in their mind. Do I play for Australia or Samoa? There was a question in their mind. The young kids growing up now are going to grow up and that question won't exist. It will be Samoa, of course. And that is powerful for rugby league. Can be just on top of that, for anyone that wants to question the personality, the character of Suwali'i, Go and watch when that game finishes. He's a 19-year-old who's turned his back on the Kangaroos to represent Samoa. They've got all the way to a World Cup. It's what dreams are made of. Did you see what he did when the full-time whistle went? He went straight to Victor Radley, who was on the ground in agony, picked him up, cuddled him. He didn't even celebrate with his teammates. He went straight to Radley, a teammate, to make sure he was sweet. I mean, I think people hear what people around Suwali'i say and they try and pin it on him and his sort of personality. This is a kid in the, by far and away the biggest moment of his life, surrounded by other superstars in his team. He didn't even celebrate with them. He went to make sure a mate on the other team was sweet. Like, does that not say at all about this guy? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm sorry, Guru. I'm going to have to one-up you. I'm going to have to one-up you. <laughs> so there is a video after the game. So they just won the semifinal. First ever in history to go into the World Cup. There is a video. Guess who's in the changing rooms at the end, sweeping the dirt up? Oh, <laughs> Sua Lee, the great. I mean, he's got he's got cheekbones from the Himalayas, the skin <laughs> from the gods. It's it's smooth as anything. A smile worth a billion dollars. He's so fucking handsome right now, and he's only going to get more handsome. Plus, he can play a bit of footy, kind of. I guess. I mean, he is truly the full package, and I agree with you, Guru. When when superstars come along like this, there's a lot of people around them that make noise, and it's almost like. I mean, we'll get we'll get uh, sciencey. It's almost like the universe. There's large stars that planets like to revolve around, Guru, and sometimes that gravity pulls those stars in, uh, pulls those planets in. Apologies. Suli is that star, and sometimes the, the planets around him, he can't help what they say. They might be hot, they might be cold. He can't help it, but he is the star. He is the star, Guru. Oh, the boy can <laughs> metaphor, no doubt about it. Europe's really that getting some of his very, best b- between. Uh, <laughs> Between buying soccer jer- football football jerseys <laughs> over there, it's just been just getting philosophical, getting getting uh, within yourself there, Kempi. I like it. I rate Mate, it. I'm, just, I'm going back to my roots. I'm going back to my roots. <laughs> I obviously grew up as a soccer player. Just getting very. I mean, I'm in Europe. I'm in the, the an area of love. So maybe the love is just bringing it out. Of hey, me. on that one, Kempi. Say- on that one, you've bought just about every soccer jersey in uh, in Europe. Who, who's your teammate? Who, who's your favourite out of all those? I don't. I don't watch soccer anymore. Oh. Um, <laughs> I my I wanted to go over and every every place that I go, I wanted to buy their soccer jersey as like a memory. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. So do I have a Barcelona and a Real Madrid jersey? Yeah, I do. Do I give a fuck? No. Um, <laughs> this one is Ajax. So this is from Amsterdam, and then I'll get the PSG one from uh, France. Um, <laughs> but yeah, funny story actually being over here. Uh, and I might actually put a little video up on my personal page about it. So every cab we get into, we get in, we sit down. 
And look, I'll have a yarn. I love to have a yarn at cabbies. You know, they're, they're, they're doing their job, but, you know, make, make it interesting. Anyway, so we get in, we test, the, test the, the water, see if he wants to have a yarn. He wants to have a yarn. Every single time they ask me, uh, where are you from? Or me and my wife, where are you from? And we say Australia. And they say Sydney. And as soon as they say Sydney, I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We live there, but I'm not from there. And then the missus blows up because then I go into a 10-minute spiel how <laughs> origin, I'm from Queensland, New South Wales. I start Wally the King. I ease into Freddie 2004. I take him through Joey 2005. I just, just mosey on into Lockyer, scooping that ball up from that poor pass. Then I go through Jonathan Thurston, kicking field goals with our arm. I go through Cam Smith. I think it's game three, 2017. Then I just, I just slowly, delicately put them into Munster's debut. And then I finish them off with Billy Slater in his first ever coaching role, winning. And then, and then, and, and then and I then, say this. And then on the and long- then I say this. <laughs> go Dozer! And then I just go silent. And then on the longer journeys, he gets into why the Fox was unlucky not to get picked this year for the Blues. <laughs> yes, yes. And I talk about the controversy surrounding the fact that the Australian wing couldn't make the New South Wales side. Um, and so put it this way, my missus fucking hates it and she hates it even more than the start of the trip. She, Matter of fact, she blew up, not blew up, but she was like, oh my God, he always does this. We live in Sydney. This is the last cab ride that we did. But look, fair play to her. She's probably right. Do I need to go down the check over history his of origin? <laughs> <laughs> well, she just moved in the bed. So oh, I backed I'm about to get hit over the back of the head. Um, anyway, uh, back to the footy boys. Not fucking not about me. Uh, yeah, so look, Samoa, what an incredible moment. I Honestly, whether they get beaten by 30 or whatever, I'm not saying that they will, but whether they do or don't, it is irrelevant. This is amazing. Don't allow the slow progress like don't allow put it this way hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'll get more philosophical for you, boys. We often, make, we often judge our past with information that we have now. So we go, oh, I can't believe that I did this or that a year ago. But what you're not taking into account is you didn't have that information Back then, you were a, you had less information to make certain decisions. So don't allow the fact that they're now in the, the grand final of the World Cup to overshadow the fact that six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, no one gave these guys a chance. Four weeks ago, literally no one gave these guys a chance. Do not forget the incredible achievement of the nation of Samoa. That's what I think. Anything else on Samoa, boys? Yeah, I just think as well, like when you go back, if you go back, as you just said, using the information we had at the start of the competition, you looked at the draw, it was obviously made to have the Kangaroos and the Kiwis play in the semi-final, which for me, I thought it has to be England or or Tonga that are going to be in this grand final. There's no other way it can happen. And I think Mm. if most people are honest, they'd agree that's how they had it. Samoa had to beat both those sides to get to where they are. It's it's, it's crazy. It was... You know, it was a very interesting draw. Let's just put it that way. Very interesting draw that the two biggest nations would be on the same side of it. I'm just going to leave that there on a the table. <laughs> just going to leave it on the table. 
you can take with it what you will. Um, but yeah, incredible stuff. So good. Look, England, I know they'll be devastated because they're probably the most impressive of the tournament. They really were. And as I said, I say it every week. Look, do I think Australia just a, a tier above in regards to their, the players they have? Yeah, for sure. But when it comes to impressive team and consistency, England were probably the best side so far. So although it almost feels like a disaster for England, I still don't think I don't think it is a disaster for England. I, I really don't. I don't think I don't think that they should go back and say we need to rebuild everything and blah blah blah. I think it's just as Tim you suggested, this is a one point game and it took one of our game's best big game players to pull multiple things out of his ass to win the game. I think they're still building something special over England. I really, really do. Um, thoughts on that, boys? Yeah, mate, I agree. I, I'll tell you what, though, as an Aussie, there's nothing I love more than seeing an <laughs> English side drop out in a World Cup out of nowhere. It's just, oh, yeah, I absolutely love it. They do it. They do it quite often a, a, across a vast array of sports. And as an Aussie, you know, being biased one hundred percent, I fucking love it. It's funny, isn't it? It's like what you said. I said at the start that there's that just a tiny little smidge of you that goes, if Samoa win, it'll be good for league, and you'd be semi okay with it. With England, it's like no, I'll be fucking going put two hundred on them, and <laughs> yeah. send them back, send them back home with their legs tail between their legs and yeah. that. And um, and yeah, it's funny you said it well, Kempi, but the, the Poms, they'll be so shattered with the way they went out of the competition. But when they look back purely on the footy that they put together. Across every single game, they didn't lapse. Like they played such terrific rugby league. They were a joy to watch. They executed uh, in a competition where there's there's been a lot of naturally clunky attack with a lot of different combinations getting together. The Pommies have just been beautiful to watch. I've really enjoyed them. Um, I mean, not probably unearthed talents from England, but for us Aussies who don't watch stacks and stacks of Super League, just seeing some of these players come out of it, and uh, they, they've got a lot to be proud of. The Pommies, and that mate, it's a young squad. It is a young squad in key spots. How, how old's George Williams? Well, he'll be running around the next one, won't he? Was he? 25 or 6 something, okay. yeah. So he'll be running Dom, around. Yeah. Radley will be there. The 5'8 will be there. There's, you know, your, your Dom Youngs, these sort of guys. Like, it's, it's as much as it's disappointing for them to lose here, geez, they'll be confident going into the next one because all those guys will be 27 George, to 31. George Williams is 28. Close. Okay, so he'll be 32. <laughs> That's all right. A sweet there. I mean, yeah, it's a really good spot for them to build from here. Yeah, I agree. And I just want to give a, a quick shout-out to Tommy Mackinson as well. Mm. Fuck, he was good. He was really good. He was probably one of the bigger, better purely Super League players. A few of his carries that he would, like, crab across field and you'd think, oh, he's about to get dragged back in a goal and then he would make half a line break. His goal-kicking was really good. And I think he, he should be there next uh, next um, World Cup. Shout-out to Elliot Whitehead. I thought he was incredible. And I saw a lot of uh, English fans filthy at him that he threw that ball and like, oh, we would have taken the two, you know, we would have field goal from there or whatever. Come on. That's ridiculous. Like he threw that ball because there was a, a potential try on the line. Whereas if he takes the tackle, the percentage played to field goal, like they're so hard to hit as if you're just going to guarantee it. Um, yeah, I thought Elliot Whitehead was you know, uh, George Williams was probably their best, but Elliot Whitehead was right up there. Um, I will say, if you want to have a massive laugh, uh, <laughs> holy shit. So the England Rugby League Instagram put the result up, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of Samoans absolutely peppering <laughs> England. 
So there's nearly 2,000 comments, and I reckon about three of them are from England fans, and the rest of them are just Samoan flags and like, fuck you, um, thanks for letting us use your field, all this kind of shit. So go have a read. It is ruthless. It is brutal. And look, fair play to England Instagram team for just like letting it go because yeah. like it is psycho. England Rugby League Instagram, the result, check it out. It's hilarious read. Um, yeah, uh, look, to be, if I'm being honest, I agree with you guys in regards to, and I'm sure England feel the same way, but even the commentators, oh, it's making me so mad. It's like, do you realize there's two teams in this and that you you should like, you should probably like celebrate. Like, I understand they were good. They were good at the call by call when Samoa did what they did. But man, some of the commentary, I'm just like, bro, we're watching history right now. And all you can talk about is, um, so that was a bit frustrating. But again, I understand. Look, Australian commentators are probably the same. So maybe we're all guilty of it. Uh, look, I was, if I'm being honest, I'm with you guys. England getting bounced. I was honestly nearly on a flight out to Western Sydney and going to the, the uh, <laughs> parades with my Usos. That's how, that's how much I wanted to celebrate with the fucking boys. Uh, it, it did feel good. It did feel good. And, mate, how, um, how good are all those videos that you're seeing from out in Western Sydney? Like, it's just – it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I know it's easy to say, oh, the Rugby League World Cup doesn't matter. Fucking bullshit. Once again, open your eyes. Have a look at the impact it's having on this community and the impact – it's going to have on the Samoan community moving forward in the future. It's so good for rugby league. It's unreal. Yeah, and it, when people say that, it comes from a position of because you because rugby league is so big in Australia, and you don't see what happens over in Samoa or what the what the the communities go through over there. You don't understand the impact that it has. Like it is, it's sport for countries like that. That, that have, have been through a really tough last few years, like if you go and look at what Samoa has been through, it uplifts, like put it this way, when we were going through coronavirus and we we imagined every weekend without rugby league, that, that was just a small little bit of happiness that we could look forward to in when there was nothing else to do. With Samoa, like they've got a lot of tough things. It's a beautiful island. I'm not saying it's constantly like that, but what I'm saying is it unites people that may not have as much that we have in Australia. We, we have so much things in Australia. And so to say it doesn't mean anything is crazy. It, it could change thousands of kids, young lives that, you know, may go down the wrong path or the right path or whatever, but they go down the rugby league path and all of a sudden their lives change, their family's life change. It, I mean, the knock-on knock effect is crazy. A lot of the Polynesians, they give money back to their families if they make it in rugby league. It, again, we could sit there for an hour and say the impact that it has. So, the impact is absolutely incredible, and it's only a positive for rugby league. It's only a positive for rugby league. Um, now, on to the next game, boys. Anything else you wanted to just um, add on there? No, I think we've covered it all, mate. Just a just a great rugby league moment. So, like international rugby league, whatever. Just in in general, a great mm. rugby league moment. Unreal. Absolutely.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.